Life Audio. I think we've all had moments in our lives where we feel like something we did or something that we thought was going to work out a certain way doesn't. And it feels like we wasted time or we wasted resources or energy even. But my encouragement for you today is to remember that nothing is wasted in the kingdom. That Jesus is the redeemer and the restorer of all things. All that and more. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are in day two of our study of Mary, the sister to Martha, and we're going to be picking up again John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. There is this song that I love um, about the alabaster box, and that song runs through my head every time I read this passage, and maybe you're familiar with it. And I think it was sung as a church special in most churches at some point. And although I love the song, there are some parts in it that I want to make sure that you take and you put on the shelf for now. The song talks about Mary washing the feet of Jesus, both with oil and with her tears, and and it refers to her as a simple woman. But again, we're we're reading with a fresh perspective, and we're going to let the text tell us what it says, instead of us looking to see our agenda or what we understand in the text. So there are some people that look at the four foot washing scenes in the Gospels consider it all to be the same woman. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I'm going to read through briefly through one of the other ones, just so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So I'm going to read Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. It says, While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, 
a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This, perm could have, this perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, you could also go through and read Mark 14, 3 through 11. And all these three would seem pretty similar. And that's because they, they are. The scholars agree that these three accounts are all talking about the same thing. But for the sake of argument, I want to read through Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. And I know that this is uh, scripture heavy today, but I'm trying to make a point, And I want to make sure that we're all talking about the same thing here. Verse 36, it says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. And I'm going to stop there, and it goes on. Um, and Jesus kind of teaches them a lesson about forgiveness. But at the at very end, verse 50, it says, Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, you'll see, or hopefully you'll feel, the difference between that passage and the previous passages. And maybe you can't quite put your finger on it, because the actions and the scene feel familiar, even talking about the alabaster jar. But the story from Luke isn't Mary. It's a different woman. They are in a different place. They are in a different season of ministry for Jesus and his disciples. And even the reaction of Jesus is different. And so I was somewhat skeptical, skeptical about that when I first started the study because there were aspects of this fourth story that seemed so similar. But once I really thoroughly studied it, I realized what was the most likely reason for that. To us, washing someone's feet is kind of an odd thing to imagine. Very few churches still practice foot washing on a regular basis. Um, our own church has done it on occasion and I myself have had my feet washed both on missions trips and during my ordination ceremony, but none of that felt normal or comfortable. And in fact, one was a surprise and, um, well, I didn't even shave my legs first. And so that was super uncomfortable at the risk of TMI. But for us, the point is, is it feels awkward. Even thinking through this, it's unnatural for us to think about it because most of us have never experienced it. And so it's kind of natural for us to lump all of these stories into one. But in the time and the culture that Jesus was ministering in, the act of foot washing was an everyday occurrence. So you have to remember the context and with, with when the, this was written, it was an expected part of receiving someone into your home. It was as common as offering someone a glass of water, which we do. The reason, think about the types of shoes that they wore. They wore sandals. And what was on the road? Dust, sometimes 
animal waste, sometimes human waste. I mean, it was dirty and their feet got pretty nasty. So when they arrived in the home or to someone's house, the washing of the feet was a job reserved for the slaves or the lowest member of the household. And their feet were the dirtiest part of their bodies. So given this information, I now want to read John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to this place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. Do you call me teacher and Lord? And rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about what happens when things don't work out the way you thought they would. Stay tuned. So in this picture, we see Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, symbolic of his love, his devotion, his sacrifice, taking this position now. Remember what I said? It was the, it was the role of the slave. He was taking this position, the lowest position of the house, of a servant. And Jesus took the dirtiest part of them and he symbolically restored them so that they were clean again. See, he does the same thing with our hearts. If only we let him. I am that sinful woman coming to Jesus with my tears over and over again. And you know what? He responds with nothing but love and grace and forgiveness every single time. While it's important to recognize what's going on in this picture with Mary, I didn't want to do that without establishing that Mary was not the sinful woman in Luke. So we can focus on who she really was, which was a disciple. And we can also focus on what she was doing. So we'll, we'll get into some of this some more tomorrow, but there's a couple of points I want to make about what was actually happening. Foot washings were normally done with water. And in this text, Mary used perfume. And that perfume was not like the watery stuff we have right now. It's, it was like a thick oil or like a, a balm. Very, very expensive. 
It was not native to the area. It was pure nard, which is not native. It would have had to have been imported. And the cost was equivalent to about a year's wages for an average worker. The size of that jar tells us how expensive it would have been. A half pint was an incredible amount, even just in volume. And so a more normal amount would have been around half an ounce, perhaps an ounce at most. But because of both the cost and the potency of the fragrance, such a large amount was very unusual in that culture. And it's very possible that this was a family heirloom that was passed down generationally. We have some things like that in our family. I don't know if you do. But think about where they were. Bethany. Remember what Bethany means? It means house of poverty. This was an incredibly rare and valuable jar of oil for Mary. Think through that. She did what she could. She used what she had, and she did what she could. Mary was in all likelihood a young girl. We know she was from a poor town. She likely didn't have many resources. She didn't have much time. But what we see here is an act of devotion and the sacrifice of something precious to her to show her love to Jesus. And she did it in a way that was incredibly humble, not caring about anybody else around her, what they thought. The only one in the room who mattered to her was the master. That's been me before. The only woman in the room, surrounded by men, they think I'm doing something foolish, and yet my heart is only to be obedient, to serve, to do what I can. Even if others think it's foolish or wasteful, because it's not them that I care about, it's only him. This is my point for today. Nothing is ever wasted on Jesus. Your gift, no matter how big or how small, nothing is ever wasted when we give it to Jesus. Our money, our resources, our talent, our time, nothing is wasted in the kingdom. I've spoken about our adoption before. And in a lot of ways, um, that five years felt wasted to me. I poured out my oil. Others told me how foolish I was for wasting so much money and time, for not giving up, for fighting for justice. But Jesus, he defended my offering. He saw my art, my heart, and he has worked that raw and tender space into something beautiful. Because now as I work with orphans and in the area of global orphan care in Africa and the Caribbean, I work from a place of love and compassion in a way that I would not have had if I had not gone through what I did with that, that adoption. You see it? There's nothing in the kingdom that is wasted because when we pour out our oil for him, he defends us and nothing is wasted on Jesus. Father God, I pray for my friends today that if they are struggling with an area of their lives, a gift or something that they feel was a waste of time or something that somebody else told them was a waste of time or energy or effort, that you would help them to understand that there's nothing wasted on you, that there's nothing wasted in the kingdom, that you, as we learned last week, are not just um, the person that was resurrected, but you are the resurrection, that in you we find redemption of the thing that we thought 
might have been wasted because there's nothing wasted in the kingdom. God, I thank you for this amazing posture we see displayed for us as you bend down to humbly take this low position of a servant so that we could be clean again. God, I thank you for the peace that comes from knowing that you are our defender. I pray for my friends today that you would make yourself known to them in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.